Excellent, excellent. Um, praise God for this uh, beautiful morning, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I'm welcoming you from, um, you know, Maryland, uh, additional member this morning to just be with us. Um, and, and the thing is, what I find ourselves doing over week over week is that we are learning uh, what the Word of God says. And it's not new. This amazing pastors out there who do an amazing job every single week. Uh, so this is another effort, right? But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Go ahead, sit back, relax yourself. If you have a notebook and a pen, um, because there are a lot of times it, the, the words that we speak, it has to apply to us. This is not just like something that we can come and hear uh, and feel good about it, but uh, we wanted to take this word and apply it to ourselves. That's why the, the word of God says, Put on the whole armor of God. We need to put it on ourselves so that our life is changed. Our, our, our life is, you know, made useful for the gospel. Uh, the, the, the word of God says, like, we want to spend and be spent for the gospel. We want to spend the word so that it is beneficial for us. And we also spent Somebody can benefit from this word. The word that we are hearing, we should be able to tell somebody so that they will be benefited as well. With that said, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read today from verses 10 to 20. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord, and in the strength of his might. We spent actually a whole message on this. When we look at the entire book of Ephesians, right, the book can be broken into three parts. The first one is between the chapters 1 and 3, where Paul is talking about the doctrine of the gospel. He's talking about how we are adopted in Christ. He's talking about how we sit in the throne room with him. He talks about the prayer. That's the first three chapters. Then from fourth chapter to the sixth chapter, he's talking about how do I apply this word in the, in the everyday life. He's talking about submission He's talking about submission to Christ. He's talking about the husband. He's talking about the wife. So he's talking about how do I apply the doctrine, right? And then he comes to this place in, in chapter 6, verses 10. He's finally want to summarize everything. That's why he says, finally, I've said everything that I can say, but finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It is, if, if we take our strength, go to the battle, then we may not have enough energy to get through, but if we take his strength to the battle, then the battle is going to be completely different. Then he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against 
the schemes of the devil. There are so many times, if, if we are living in a, in a place where if, if there is no devil, if there is no enemy, then we would not have any problem in this life. The fact that we have trouble, because God is not a God who's going to bring trouble to us or bad things to us. He is a God who wants us to prosper. And in the, in the uh, you know, uh, book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, 11, he says, I have a plan for you, a plan for you to prosper. So he's a God who's always thinking about, how do I save my people? How do I give them a second chance? He is not a God who is going to think evil. The fact that we are going to struggle is because there are schemes of this enemy is attacking the body of Christ. And that's why he says, put on the whole armor of God, for we do not wrestle against the flesh and the blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. He's talking about how we are fighting against the principalities and the powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, in some versions it says, above all, take up a shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplications. To that end, keep alert of all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So what we did so far, let me do a very quick recap. The Bible is talking about six armors here, but actually there is one more. There is a seventh armor. We'll talk about that in a minute. The first six armors that the Bible is talking about is very well laid out in this chapter. It's talking about the belt of truth. So last week what we saw was that every time we look at this armor, these six plus one armors that we are going to see, that there is a purpose that Paul saw from 
the actual armor itself. Why, why would that Roman soldier put on this? We saw why would they put on, right, the Roman soldier. The second thing is how Paul took that armor and applied it with the gospel. And then we went into how can I take that and apply it to me today? So those are three parts. First one, look at what that armor is for. Second one, we look at how Paul is connecting to the gospel. And number three, how do I apply that today so that I can put it on myself, right? So we saw first the helmet of, so sorry, the belt that goes around the waist, having girded your waist with truth. What we saw was that in those days, the belt was holding everything together. The breastplate that the Roman soldiers were wearing was going from front to the back. And that breastplate was weighing anywhere between 70 to 125 pounds. They were putting it on themselves. This is a metal plate. Underneath was the leather that was just like a tying things together, but it was a heavy thing. But if you are wearing a 70 pounds of metal on yourself and you're running, this is going to just like be swinging all over the place. But the, the, the belt was going to tighten that so that it stays closer to our body. And the same way, their dresses were running from top to bottom, like a one long dress. And so when they were ready to go to battle, they have to run. They have to pick things up. They have to have a comfort lift. So what they did is this belt was going around their waist, but also going underneath so that it tightened their dresses properly. And also in the belt, they had the sword attached to it. So belt was doing a lot more to it. And Paul, when he saw that, he was able to equate that belt to the, 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 the truth that is in the word. And we saw, how do we apply this to us? And we talked about last week that we should take at least 10 or 20 minutes during the day to just like read the word. Let the word soak into your mind. Commit yourself to reading the word every single day. The Bible says, meditate on the word day and night. Right? And Psalm says, like the one that are meditating the word of God is like a tree planted by the rivers who will bear fruit in due season. And whatever they does shall prosper. The word I, I was listening to, one of the preachers um, this week, he was talking about the word. And he said like a, every single time that he wrote, re, read the word, he wrote it on his diary. And he was going back to that word. And he was saying how the word had applied to him every single time that the word came through for him every single time. He's talking about like a 20, 30 years of his life, how the word was guiding him, right? So 
the Paul, when he saw this, here's the thing. Paul is now chained to an, a soldier next to him. And that soldier that is next to him is wearing all these arm, armors. And he's looking at him and he's thinking, oh, my God, the belt. Oh, that's like the truth. That is the word of God, right? So then he goes on to the next armor. So the first way that we can apply this to ourselves is to take the word of God seriously. We need to take the word, at least to spend some time with the word, and just like let the word soak in every day. If you read five chapters a day, five chapters in the morning, and 10 chapters in the evening, you can finish the Bible in 10 and a half weeks. You may not want to do that. You may want to go slower with that. Then you can just do one chapter a day. You may want to even go slower than that. You may want to read just like a five verses a day. Start with the five verses. That next day, increase it by six. Increase it by ten. So increase your way, but... The moment you start to go in this direction, the word will grab hold of you. And that's what is important. That's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about wearing that like a breastplate. Then he's talking about the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplates were protecting vital organs of our body. It was protecting our heart. It was protecting our lungs. It was protecting the back, right? And it's all protection of all the vital organs of our body. And Paul, when he saw that, oh my goodness, this looks like that, that I cannot do anything to protect my heart. I cannot do anything to protect my lungs or liver. But if I can bear the righteousness of God, then it will protect me it will protect my heart. It will protect my lungs. It will protect my back. So he saw that it's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness that protects. And so when we looked at it, we said, how do we apply this to ourselves? And we said, the second thing that we can do to ourselves is to take time to quiet ourselves in a given day. There are so many noises that we go through every single day. Sometimes we start to worry about things that we don't have control over. I know the presidential debates going on. I know the town halls are going on. I know sometimes when you hear, you get like a frustrated listening to this. You get like angry over this. But is that really going to change your life and my life? No. What's going to change your life? It doesn't matter. One of the two is going to become the president. Nobody's going to change that. But what's going to matter for me is not that noise. What's going to matter for me is to stay quiet so that I can listen to the voice of my father. I can sit quiet so that I can get right with my God. I can sit quiet so I can listen to the word that is just coming out of my heart. One of the ways that we can 
understand the righteousness of God is only when we can actually be quiet before God and God will start to speak to us. Then we saw the third weaponry that, or, or armor that the, 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 the soldiers were wearing in those days that Paul's writing in this order about the shoes. When he saw the shoes, he saw something about this shoes where in those days the Roman soldiers were wearing these shoes so that they can just like a go long distance without being bothered. Our shoes cannot be smaller. Our shoes cannot be bigger. It has to fit our feet. And not only that, the Roman soldiers had like a spikes underneath their, their feet, uh, the sole of the, uh, uh, the shoes. They are called hub nails. And they were just like a stepping over the stones, stepping over the thorns. They would walk firmly. So they had like a spikes on their shoes. They can walk even today. When you look at your shoes, go ahead and turn it around and look some of these shoes that you're having when you are working in rough places, you need to have some grip on the ground. We need to have a strong footing on the ground. We need to know our place in God, our place in, in his kingdom, our place in this journey that we have with our Heavenly Father. And one of the things that, that we were talking about is that we not only have to have a peace with God, but we also need to have a peace of God. The shoes, those hubnails, those, you know, stern footing is very much needed for the kingdom of God. And here's what we talked about. We talked about saying yes to what matters the most, and no to what matters the less. We need to detox from our life the things that are not needed. That's just like a taking too much of our time. And we need the pruning. We need to look at our life and say, these things, oh my God, I'm put, putting so much of energy here. Really, it's not helping me to stay connected with my God it is not helping me to take care of my family. It is not helping me to be what God wants me to be. So look at your life and see the things that does not matter the most for you and remove them. They are good to have, but not so much to help you in taking you where God wants you to go. We talked about this last week. And then... We went on to talk about the feet, shield of faith. When the Roman soldiers were hired to go to a job, they actually measured their height and their width because every shield a person was given is very tailor-made so that when they go to the battle, it's not this round shield that you see on the pictures that these Roman soldiers were wearing. It was as tall like a door. In fact, it was called a door in those days. That it, that when they carry this and put it in the front, 
and they can hide themselves behind this shield. And when Paul saw that, he saw the measure, and he, he was just remembering what he wrote in Romans chapter 12, verses 3. Every one of us are given a faith according to our measure. And so he started to say like a how. We should not be comparing our faith with somebody else. It is given to us according to what we need. And then we saw how all these Roman soldiers would stand next to each other, like in a single line, putting the shield in the front. And the second row will put the shield above their head so that they make a big box. So when the fiery darts of this enemy comes at us, that they can protect themselves, not just themselves, as a community. And how do we apply that? We saw how that we can actually take time to touch people in our life that are feeding us. We need to hold hands with the other believers. We need to be in close contact with other believers that we will be able to strengthen each other. We talked about the redwood trees, how it goes sideways and holding on to the roots of the other trees and that when the storm comes, when the rain comes, when the earthquake comes, we will not be moved because we are just like holding on to the roots that are coming from the other trees. And then, finally, we come to this place of helmet that we saw. <clears throat> the helmet is talking about the protection of the head. But I was thinking this week, it is not just the head that needs to be protected. It also protects our ears from hearing not the right ones, but the bad ones needs to be filtered We cannot be hearing all kinds of things that are going through our ears. We need to put a filter. We need to hear what God wants to say about everything that's going on in our life. And the thing is this. There is nobody in this line who can say, my life is trouble-free. Or nobody in this line, including me, nobody can say, I know the answer to all the things that I'm going through. No one can say that I know exactly how my tomorrow is going to look like. And we were equating to how the helmets in those days when the Roman soldiers were wearing, they had different colors of helmet. And those helmets represent the the army that they belong to, just like these NFL players. When they go this afternoon to play, they're wearing different kinds of helmets. They know equally, easily to find out who they are, which team that they're representing, right? In, in this journey with God, we need to know who we belong to. And also, these helmets, when you think about this NFL quarterbacks, you and I are the quarterbacks. And that our helmets have an earpiece that we can listen to the head coach. And throughout the day, we go through so many things in our lives. And there are moments in our life that we have to make some serious decisions. And before we make any serious decisions, we need to pause ourselves so that we can hear 
to what the God says to us, that we can hear his voice clearly. We can hear what he wants to say to us today. Take pauses during the day and talk to the Heavenly Father. And when we talk to him, he talks back. There are times when we don't know our direction. We need to listen to the Master's voice that is speaking very gently through our heart using that earpiece. Now, this last one that he talks about, the sixth one, sorry, there's one more. We'll talk about it. The sixth one that Paul's talking about is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When people think about the sword, they think it's just this long knife that is like, that holds like a a big knife that they can hold on in their hands as they go. They think about this, the the fight is like we can just extend our big long knife and fight. No, 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 no. What Paul is talking about here is, is a sharp knife. In the word that is referred to in the original text is called makaira, makaira, right? Which in, in, in length, it is only six inches to 18 inches long. The reason why the Roman soldiers were, were um, having this sharp knife is because when it comes to a hand-to-hand combat with the enemy, this is a principal weapon. These Roman soldiers were given such a skill set training that they can swing this sharp knife so quickly that it can just like bother the enemy very quickly from attacking them. This, is, this weapon is exactly the same weapon that Peter used when he cut that soldier's ears the night before Jesus was crucified. This was the sharp knife that Peter had in his hand. Peter didn't have a, a long sword in his hand. He had a sharp knife, and that's why he was able to get very quickly to the ears of the soldiers and just like cut it off, right? So Paul's talking about this sharp knife that uh, the Roman soldiers were carrying. But here, Paul is equating the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, you may think, Cyril, we've already talked about the Word, the truth, the belt. When we talked about the belt, we talked about the Word. What does it mean here by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, right? The Word of God or the word in the Bible can be, you know, broken or categorized in three different ways. The, uh, the word in the Bible that is written word in the Bible, the writing in the Bible is often referred to us as a graphe. Graphe is equivalent to the word graphics. That's where the graphics come in, came into play. Graphe. It's nothing but the written word of God. When, when it talks about the sword of the Spirit, it's not talking about graphe. The written word, the truth, 
is, is exactly what John chapter 1 verses 1 says. In the beginning was the word. It's a written word. It has all the truth written down. That's graphe. The second one that the, the, the word refers to in the Bible is called logos, right? It is the message or the logic of the word. The content is clarified to you when you go to church. A pastor speaks to you in a sermon so that you can understand the word of God. That's logos. That's uh, what we are going through right now. We are breaking this word apart, and we're just like talking through, clarifying what that word means today to us, what it meant in the past. So this is just the logic behind the word. That's logos. The third type is called rhema word of God. It is the usage of the word, the declaration, the utterance. It is the revelation of God. That's exactly what Paul is talking about here. It's the rhema word of God. I've seen Miss Susan sometimes when she is praying, she's praying for the rhema word of God. The rhema word is nothing but we need to use that word when it comes to a close combat with this enemy. We cannot just like uh, take the hit from the enemy. This is something that you don't have too much time, but you need to get to the word very quickly and use the word. And that's what we're going to see today in length. But before we go into it, I want you to turn to Matthew's chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. I'm just going to read through that one. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, if you have your Bibles. We'll turn to this chapter. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice for sure, even Jesus got tempted. Jesus got tested by this devil, right? This is after 40 days of Fasting After the baptism, Jesus goes into this place in wilderness, and he didn't eat for 40 days. Medically speaking, there are times that we can actually stop eating for quite a period of time until your body starts to eat the, the, the things that are there inside to sustain itself. Earlier this year, that my son plays football, right? And uh, uh, he's on the defense, and he's just getting hit all the time. And uh, there are times like when we get like a, a call from his school saying, we called 911, they are taking him to the hospital. It's just like a burns your heart running over there. And so what happened is, because he was taking so much hit in his body, um, at one point his muscles start to disintegrate. When his muscle starts to disintegrate, which means like the muscles were losing in his body, it was just sending a lot of chemicals into his body that it was shutting down. Somehow the body had this mechanism to hold on to the things 
while the other muscles are getting disintegrated from his body, and he became stiff and just like almost into a paralyzed state. Right? And the thing is this, we, we had to rush him to the hospital and they had to, uh, you know, flush the chemicals out of his body so that his muscles start to get like a form back or attached back to his bones. What am I saying? The same way muscle has, the body has a mechanism to just like adjusting itself to take control of your body. The body has a lot of like a fighting mechanisms like this. So when Jesus had fasted for 40 days, it was at this moment in time, his body was just like a taking him to a place of like, I need more food to take care of kind of a mode. He was just in this place where he has given everything before his father. And he is right now coming out of his fasting and the devil comes and takes him to a wilderness to be tempted. So here he was, the Bible is very clearly after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. His body was saying, I need some food. But now the verse 3 says, the tempter came to him and he said, if you are the son of God, that these stones become bread. Tell these, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every rhema word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is Jesus doing? Jesus himself is a word, but he's using the word as a weapon. He's using the word that Moses spoke, and he was telling the enemy, back off. I'm using my sword. I'm just going to cut you if you come any closer to me. You and I face this close come back war every single day. And we need the word to be used like this quickly, right, against this enemy. And the thing is this, the, the devil gets a little bit more smarter here in the verse five further. The devil took him to the holy city, set him on, a, on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written. Now, look at it. Even the enemy knows the word. He can use the word. That's why you need to know exactly what words that you're going to use when you are in a close combat. Don't think that the enemy doesn't know the word. He knows the word as well. That's why we need to get like a really soap in this word. Here, he says, he was quoting from Psalms 90. 90. This is devil quoting the word. The devil saying he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up. Jesus then said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt. In some versions it says, you shall not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. 
And he said to him, all these things I will give it to you if you will fall down and worship me. What is devil saying? Why do you want to go to this messy cross and die for your people? I'll give it to you. Go ahead, fall on my feet. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it's written, you shall, not, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him. Behold, the angels came and ministered to him. What am I saying? We, you and I are oftentimes in a close combat war. That's why Paul said, even in the beginning, it, was a wrest, it is a wrestling match with this enemy. He is not too far away throwing dirt at you. He is right in front of you. And he's just like a throwing stuff at you right now. And all you need to battle is the word of God. You need to have a strategy to fight against this enemy that is very close to you right now, trying to take you down, trying to take your marriage down, trying to take your business down, trying to take your children down, trying to take the home down. You need to have an energy to kick this enemy out of your house, out of your family, out of your children's life, out of your, your business, out of anything that you touch, the enemy should have absolutely no control over. And that's why you and I need to speak the word of God when we are in trouble and the devil will flee. That's why this is not a defensive weapon. Everything else that you wear on yourself, like the belt, like the breastplate, like the shield and the helmet, everything else is a defensive weapon. This is the only offensive weapon you and I have. The, the rhema word is an offensive weapon. We will also see that how it is a defensive weapon as well. But let's talk about the offensive weapon first. When the enemy is on your face, you need to have the word. And in those days, this, uh, these Roman soldiers, when they were swinging their small sword, they want to plunge in and draw the blood out of this enemy, right? So that the word of God that you have in your hand, the sword of the spirit, when you fight with your enemy, don't think any uh, you know, less of this enemy who's just like a closer to you. Not, you know, when you're speaking out, speak it out to this enemy. When you speak it out, something in your atmosphere is going to change. And Jesus showed an example of this several times. When Jesus was in the middle of the storm, he spoke. He didn't think about the, the words in his head. He, it's not like the storms can hear his word. He cannot hear the word or can hear the word. But he spoke the word and the power uh, that came out of his word calmed the storm and the wind. When he spoke in the tomb of Lazarus, come forth. When he spoke, Lazarus came out. Think about every single time that Jesus was ministering. He actually spoke a word, and that word became 
the, the power that just changed the, the trajectory or the atmosphere. So when, when, when you are in a battle, when you are going through a, a tough situation, don't, don't just like a, leave this enemy. Don't just like a, think about the word. Speak the word over this situation. You have trouble in your family right now, financially. You have a trouble in your family relationally. Here's what I want you to do. I recommend, highly recommend for you to watch this movie, War Room. If you have already watched it, perfect. But if you haven't, I recommend you to watch that movie. And there is a point in that movie where the heroine, the woman, that, the wife of this man, that was just like a causing so much of turmoil to her, and, and she comes out of her prayer closet and she would speak the word walking around the entire house and she would speak the word and tell the devil that he has no place in her home and she will just like a dust it off of her home. You need to do that. You and I need to do that. We need to speak the word walking around our house. I don't know how many of you guys like a watch of football. And I don't know how many of you like the Panthers. But, you know, very recently I was watching one of the interviews that Cam Newton gave. And he said that when he came into the field every single time, he would just like a go around that field. He would just like a go around the field. He said like the... The, the children of God going around, he would go around that place and he would be praying. And I've seen Dabo Sweeney say the same thing. Uh, the Clemson, uh, um, the, the coach of the Clemson's team, he says that uh, he would even pick up the grass from the ground and he will be praying before the game. What are they doing? They're taking a control over their, their environment. They are taking, they're putting a boundary around the environment that they're going to be walking into. You and I need to do the same thing. Mouth is the outlet of your spirit. Mouth is the outlet of your spirit. And that's why it needs to come out. Jesus did not think about the word. He was saying the word. We need to do the same thing. If things are not moving, then go and just speak the word of God over the things, and those things will move. Yesterday, we had started this uh, uh, podcast, right, Dancing in the Rain, and uh, we had like a tech team working on it, and we were just like doing everything possible. But all of a sudden, what was something that we could record very easily stopped working? We don't know how. We were just like looking puzzled because it was there. It was supposed to be there, and it wasn't there. And we were looking everywhere. It could not be found. The record button that is always there every single time is not found 
just yesterday morning. You know why? Because the enemy knows what comes out of that podcast is going to change somebody's life. What comes out of that podcast is going to heal someone's heart. What's going to come out of that podcast is going to give somebody a hope. And we talked about it later. And then Miss Sarah started to pray. When she prayed, the very next thing that happened, we were able to find another solution to start to record it. Up until that point, the enemy was holding on to everything that we were trying to do, and it needed to be released. And it can be released in your life and my life when we speak the word of God. So far, what we have seen is that the word of God is an offensive weapon. The sword is an offensive weapon. But also, the Bible says, it is also a defensive weapon. It can cut even the person who is doing it if we are not careful with our life. We are always thinking about the attack of the enemy outside, but we also sometimes have an attack from inside. The scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Sometimes we may not be on the right side of the wrong. Let me say this one more time. Sometimes we may not be on the right side of the wrong. We may be on the wrong side. We need help for ourselves. We need to repent and get ourselves back on track. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 16, For though a righteous man may fall seven times, He still gets up, but the wicked stumble in bad times. What is the Bible saying? The righteous man, when he falls down, a righteous woman, when she falls down, she will get up seven times, even if it is seven times, every single time. God wants us to get out of the situation that we are in. And the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, it will help by teaching us what is right from wrong. Even when we do something wrong, the thing is that everything that around us could say, oh, that's okay. It's okay to drink only a cup of wine. It's not a big deal. Red wine is good for health. So that the enemy starts to lure us into just taking one puff It's not going to be a big deal. Go ahead, take a smoke, right? One small thing. Don't worry. It's not going to hurt anybody. Oh, speaking about that pastor, no problem. He's doing anyway wrong things. He's just using the money wrongly. We can talk bad about him. The thing is this. It is not your job and my job to judge the pastor or the priest. In fact, David did not even want to kill Saul. You know why? Because he was anointed by God. The same way, we have to be careful with our words, what we are saying to somebody else, 
and the words that we are saying to ourselves. We have to watch the words that are coming out of our mouth. That's speaking life or death to ourselves. Sometimes, even just like a simple things you may not know and pay attention to. Like this, this um, sometimes during the, 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 the month of like a February, March, when there is like so much of, um, you know, pollen around, people have allergies, and they casually use the word, these allergies are killing me. You're not going to get killed by this allergy. Use your words appropriately. Speak words of life over your life. We need to do that, and God is very quick in correcting this from our life. He's training us in righteousness because there is like a need for us to keep our life clean. We saw the other day, like when, when the Roman soldiers were wearing the breastplate of righteousness, they would clean their breastplates every single morning. These are like a metal plate. They would clean and take the dirt off. You know what it does? When we start to clean and take the dirt off, the, the shining of the light will blind the enemy. And that's what the Word of God does to us. It is going to help us by teaching and rebuking and correcting. The Word of God in, in John seventeen seventeen. in fact, we will read from 16 and 17. It says, they are not, this is Jesus telling, this was the night before he was crucified. He's having a conversation with his friends at the dinner table, at the Last Supper. He's telling them about this one particular area. He says, when he was praying to God, he says, they are not of the world. He's talking about us. They here is you and me, right? We are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Jesus is saying, just as I am not of the world, my people are not also from this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your, your word is truth. So God is saying, set apart yourself with the, you know, when you read the word of God, it sanctifies, it consecrates, it's making us holy. When you start to read the word, the word starts to clean us from the head to the toe. The Bible says in, in Psalms 119, it says, the word of God is like a lamp for my feet and light for my path. It gives the sense of direction for us. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12, it says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is it saying? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12. It's talking about like a how each of us have a body, soul, and a spirit. Body, it's physiolog physiological, right? It's, it's like everything, like our hands and legs and everything. But there are two parts to ourself. One is soul, which is the mind, emotion, and the will, and the spirit, 
which is the intuition, communion. This is the spiritual part is the spirit and the soul is the mind, emotion and will, the psychological part. They're always war against. Our mind is always at war with the spirit that is inside us. God says the word of God can separate the mind from the spiritual things, can take away the emotions out and see what God wants to see, can remove our will and say, like, this is important for you. This is not important for you. The word of God can separate our soul from the spirit. The enemy wants to put a doubt in our mind, saying, you cannot do this. It's time for you to quit. That money is not going to come. God's forgotten you. These are things that are not coming from your heart. This is coming from your mind, looking at the circumstance that we are in right this moment in time. Right? But the word of God will come and give you the strength, the clarity, division of the heart and mind happens when we use the word of God. Here are the three things very quickly I want to talk to you about. How do I apply this to myself today? We saw how the word is referred to a sharp knife that the Roman soldiers were carrying. It is for the hand-to-hand combat war that is between the enemy that is just like a facing close to us, like a wrestling match. And you want to keep him away from you by just like swinging that small sword so he's away from you. And the thing that is most important is this. How do I make this practical now in my life? I do not know how you just memorize and keep the word of God. The first thing is, three things that I'm going to say as a practical things. Every single day, write down a verse in a piece of paper and keep it close to you. Don't wait for the battle to begin looking for the word. We need to be ready in the word, both in season and out of season. That's why when God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verses 8, he says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to what is written in it. Before you go and start your day, after you finish reading the word, take the word that you read and that is speaking to you. And it doesn't need to be the entire chapter. You can write just like a one verse out of the chapter that you read. But that one word was the rhema word that is speaking to you. And you want to take that word, write it down in a piece of paper. And then during the day, start to pick it up. Whenever you get a chance during the day, you want to read that word and memorize that word. The Bible says in in Psalms, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It is very important because when you memorize scriptures, you will become a strong Christian. 
When the enemy comes closer to you or your family, it is a close-to-combat fight. Don't ever leave that place without using this weapon. You need to be like a sniper, not letting this enemy come closer to your heart or your family or the things that you, you, you have. Strategically use them. Pull it out and apply it. That's the third part. Write it, memorize it, and apply it. Those are three things that we can do every single day. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, for he looks at himself, he who looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he, he was like. The one who looks into the perfect law, the the law of liberty and perseverance being uh, uh, no hearer who forgets, but a, a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What is the word saying? We will be like a, one looking at our mirror and just like a going away doing nothing if we are just reading the word of God. We need to be the doer of the word. We need to act upon the word that is given to us. When Jonah was in the belly of the fish, he was praying in the second chapter. I recommend you to go and read that word because every single word that is in that chapter, second chapter of Jonah, every single word is not just the word came out of Jonah. It was a word written before that Jonah remembered in the belly of the fish. When we roll back all these things, the Bible says, stand firm. Our mission is not to be perfect. We will make mistakes and incur some losses. Our, our miracle is not living an untouched life, a safe life. Uh, our, our, our miracle is making it through the lion's done, then untouched, coming out life. When they walk through the fiery furnace, it should have no stench or effect on our life. We have to make it through this illness, the divorce. We need to make it through the financial crisis. We need to make it through what is just like a bothering us today, untouched with the Word of God. And that is just like a helping you to cut through the enemy's schemes and also protect us in the time of trouble. One thing the devil cannot handle is the word of God. And you have it at your disposal. Jesus did not call for strategy or call for people. When he was tested in the mountain, in the wilderness, he used the word and chased the enemy out. When you use the word, the enemy will go running. Next week, when we come back, we're just going to look at the, the, the last weapon, which is the spears. It's not explicitly written, but it is implicitly written. That's the seventh weapon that we will see next week. But in the meantime, I'm asking you to just write down how you can practically apply these things. Number one, read the word at least 20 minutes in a given day. Number two, we talked about how we need to quiet ourselves to protect our heart. Number three, 
We need to touch the people that we come that are feeding into our life. We need to pray. We need to have a, I invite you to come to our Friday night prayer. I mean, it was amazing this week. We were so blessed that, that whole night, even though it was meant for just an hour, when we started to pray, when Miss Susan started to pray, there was the infilling of the Holy Spirit that just took over that call at that moment in time. Everybody was just like a feeling and touching the Spirit. This, it's always good to have the Word explained like this, but we need to get on our knees and just go before the God, before the King of Kings. I invite you to come. Because your soul needs a feeding as well. When it comes to reading the word, don't just read the word. Write it down. Memorize it. Use it. Because the enemy is in a close combat war. Hand-to-hand war is what we are going through every single day. Use this weapon effectively. As we close up this morning, I'm asking you, my brothers and sisters, let these words become alive, become a rhema word that you can use it every single day. I'm going to invite the, Miss Sarah to lead us in communion this morning. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread, representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life, now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 28. Here's how it goes. While they were eating, this is at the Last Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. If you have the elements of bread with you, go ahead and take it. This is his body.
Then he shook a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Go ahead and take the drink that you have. Hallelujah. 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 Father God. Before your throne. The conference has been unmuted. That you are the God who knows our past, present, and future. You are the Alpha and Omega. God, I just pray, joining hands with my brothers and sisters on this line. Yes. God, if there is anyone that has just walked into this call with sickness in their body, Father God, we lift them up before you. Yes. God, your word says uh, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. Yes, Lord. Father God, I pray and touch each and every one of my brothers and sisters in this line individually, Father God. As your hands, Father God, the nail-pierced hands are touching them all over Mm -hmm. this call right now, Father God. Yes, Lord. The presence of the Holy God, just like a descend upon us, Father God, upon every one of us, from the head to the toe, just like how when you anointed Aaron from head to the toe, Father God, I pray right now that you will just like anoint every one of my brothers and sisters, head to the toes that it will go through and just heal every part of their body, that we are restored, restored to the fullest, Father God. Hallelujah. God, if there is anyone on this line has a heart broken this morning and looking for a healing, God, you are the healer. You are the master healer. And there is nobody who can heal our heart just like you do, Father God. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you will just heal our heart this morning. Father God, put your nail-pierced hands upon our hearts this morning, that our hearts will just like take every, uh, Father God, a heaviness, Father God, out, that we would leave them on the floor right now at the foot of the Calvary, Father God. We don't want to carry the burdens. Your word says, Father God, that you, Father God, will carry our burdens. You are the one under whose feet we can leave it behind this morning. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters on this line today. Yes, Lord. If there is anyone here financially struggling this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, we lift that financial need if the bills Thank need you. to be paid tomorrow. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. God, if there is a, something that needs to be purchased tomorrow or this week, yes, God, don't let the finance hinder. Father God, you can sell the, the cattle from the, the in the hill, from the hills and just like yes. a, send the resources needed for every one of my yes. brothers and sisters. If Thank there you. is anyone that is in the need, mm-hmm. Father God, you are the God who, Father God, takes care of every need, Father God. Yes. Thank you. 
God, if there is anyone on this line, Father God, is just looking for you where the grace comes from, where the mercy comes from, where the, Father God, I pray right now that you will just like raise up an army of people around us, that the resources Mm -hmm. and the help that we need this morning will be sent to us, and we will never, never, ever be ashamed. Never be ashamed. God, the word of God says you will never put us in shame. God, I pray that you will take every shame out of our heart, and every shame that was and there is and there is to come will have no effect because the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Right. No mm-hmm. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, right. pray and lift our spirits right now, Father God, before you. Thank you. you take the glory mm-hmm. and you take the honor. In Jesus' yeah. name we pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. Lord. Hallelujah. And everyone, please continue to keep that family in your prayers that... And we had them in our hearts as Cyril was praying that the mother has been taken away through violence, uh, um, a gunshot or something in that manner. So keep those family and friends in in your prayers because I know they are hurting. And and we had them in our hearts. And also Sister uh, Duggins Cosum, as she's not feeling well today, we keep her. And, And all of those people who... Uh, or in your hearts for different um, reasons. The Lord heard us because Cyril has taught us that when when his people are, are together talking about different issues, then the Lord is there with us and he hears us. So we're just so grateful. Cyril, I didn't say it just right. Would you say that? Absolutely. <laughs> the Bible says, like, when those who fear the Lord talk to each other, the Father in heaven heard and listened yes. to their conversation. Yes. The very Hallelujah. fact we are talking, God has already heard. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you for, thank you thank for blessing you. our hearts, Cyril. We, Amen. we just love you. We thank you. Thank, thank you, everybody, you. For, for joining us. Yes. Okay. Have an yes. amazing, blessed week. Yes, you all can do the same. Thank you. All right. 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 All he will allow me to see another 29th birthday. I'll be 29 oh, again oh, next day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't that a blessing? Next Saturday is your birthday. <laughs> and I'll be 29 again. Oh, 29 again. <laughs> Praise, <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, another 29. She always stands up at our church and says, I'm 29 again. So That's she's right. doing the same thing she always does. Hallelujah. you got to be consistent. And keeping her, her young and strong like that, exactly. that tree. 
<laughs> but when that day That's comes, okay. that it comes to the 92, I'll stand up and shout and say, thank you, Lord, again. Amen. But until Amen. then, Amen. I'll still hold on to 29. Okay. <laughs> Praise, Praise the Lord. The Lord. Hallelujah. We needed a little, little humor today. In times like these. In times like these okay. now. Got to continue Amen. to look to the hills. Okay. That's yeah. where our help comes from. Yeah. Amen. I love you, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, Cyril, I'll talk to you later. Y'all have a great day. Um, An amazing week, as Cyril says. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, Miss Cyril. Bye.